The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. It is indeed another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Killebrew Root Beer is made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. Speaking of legends, legends in the making, Jeremy Zoll. Legendary in that he is our first in-studio guest, I think, of the hot stove season. And uh, we are glad to have him here uh, huddled in from the blizzard to chat a little bit about the uh, Twins minor leagues. Of course, Jeremy is kind enough to join us every week, every Sunday, out throughout the course of the season with our minor league uh, updates and our players of the week. And you have had a busy, busy, I'm not going to call it an off season because it's probably your busiest season, but thanks for making some time here today. And I want to start with your recent travels. You were in the Dominican Republic. Uh, you weren't on vacation. A uh, very special cause. We know about the academy in terms of its baseball goals, but this trip was beyond baseball. Yeah, so uh, first, thanks for having me on, Chris. And uh, down in the DR last week, we had our first graduation ceremony uh, for our uh, high school equivalency program. And a huge shout-out to Amanda Daly and Pierre Jacotin for their work down in the DR. Um, we worked with a company called Senepec, who uh, creates the, the whole educational program for 6th through 12th grade and really proud of the group of seven guys that are our first graduates and looking forward to having more in the coming years. Now, when people hear a graduate from the, the Twins Academy in the DR, I think my initial reaction even was, oh, it's like some sort of a baseball level related graduation but this is purely on the academic side and it goes well beyond some of the well-documented efforts in terms of language you know whether it's spanish to english or english to spanish or whatever's going on this is a full bore hey we signed you when you were still of school age and let's make sure you finish your education program it, it started with brad a while back as this academy went into place and it's been really one of the pillars of this academy above and beyond what's on the deck. Certainly, and, you know, uh, getting the support from Jim Polat and Dave St. Peter to provide these types of resources down there has been huge to to grow, you know, our our brand and our program beyond just, just baseball. And the reality is many of these players are pulled out of school at quite young ages to work on their baseball training and, and trying to get signed as a as they train with these trainers in, in Latin American countries. So, um, you know, some come in with uh, surprisingly low education levels to someone that, you know, is in the general public. And um, again, the program has been equipped to, to really get those guys um, through through to where they need to be so that they can have a high school diploma and, and continue to impact the world beyond baseball. And a lot of them, no opportunity to pursue education, even had they wanted to. And, you know, a guy like Nelson Cruz, very lucky. His parents were both teachers and professors in the Dominican. A lot of people don't have those sort of, res- sort of resources. And you're now able to help provide them uh, and I guess we won't know for a few more years, but I have to think down the road, the impact of taking a guy who's had the opportunity to do that and sending him to Elizabethan or sending him to Cedar Rapids, that that's going to make a very difficult transition for a young person uh, a little bit easier. Certainly. I mean, 
these things are super hard to quantify, but it's one of it's one of those things that you you know that the the, the more educated someone is, the the more equipped they are to to navigate a classroom, to um, complete tests, to interact with classmates and teachers. The more equipped they are to to do better things in the world, and and that's what this is all about. Now that's pretty cool. And you had to give a speech. I did. I did give a speech. I had the the benefit of a translator uh, by my side and uh, a couple lines at a time, and we got through it. Did you do ever give a speech like to your own graduation and high school or college? Or <laughs> no, now? I was not. Uh, not not quite high enough up on the totem pole. To, so this to was do one of those. this was big for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did you any help? Like, did you start with a joke? Like, I mean, did you give everybody a Dr. Seuss book? To, uh, the places will go. I mean, what'd you go with? I leave all the jokes to Thad. So I <laughs> yeah. I kept I kept it uh, pretty short and sweet and and tried to. Not trip up uh, my help, Justin, uh, as a translator uh, by my side. There. Uh, great, great experience there in the Dominican at the Academy. Jeremy Zola is our guest here on the Hot Stove Show. And let's move on to the other part of your travels. You were in Pensacola. We had a chance to meet some of the Blue Wahoos folks here over Twins Fest as they were here with the other Twins affiliates. Uh, new AA affiliate. Perfect timing if you're the Pensacola Blue Wahoos because there's a pretty good chance you were probably getting asked about some of the high-end talent that might have a chance to come their way. What did you think of Pensacola, the folks down there, and, and what can you tell Twins fans about the facility and the, and the environment, aside from the fact that it's a super cool nickname uh, and that uh, Bubba Watson, I believe, according to Taylor Rogers anyway, if he's to be believed, is a co-owner of this club. Yeah, we were, we were really excited about the opportunity to get to affiliate with Pensacola, and they certainly had choices as we went through the process in the, in the fall, and um, we're really glad when, when they chose us. And between the, the location, um, the city, the facilities, the city has really been revitalized with um, the Blue Wahoo Stadium coming in and the success of the team and their front office group with Quinn Studer and, and uh, Jonathan Griffith have been really helpful, and, and we're really excited about that partnership. We think it's going to be a good place for our guys, good location in the Southern League. And, yeah, it was certainly a hot topic who was going to end up in, in Hoosville uh, in, in 2019, and, and we think it'll be a pretty good group from start to finish there. They go with Hoosville? Is that a thing? That's apparently a thing. That's I was informed. Thing, huh? Hoosville. I <laughs> I like that. I think we could get behind that. And <laughs> one of the guys I'm sure they were asking about is going to be our guest a little bit later on. That is Royce Lewis. Uh, he was here. Alex Kirilov, Trevor Larnick was up here, Brent Rooker, uh, all going through kind of their paces as far as Twins Fest was concerned, all representing themselves, I think, outstandingly well uh, with the fans, with the media, and everybody they interacted with. Uh, but the big news for several of those guys was big league invites. And that's not something to be taken lightly. Now, even if they end up in Hoosville, uh, it has to be fun to deliver the news to these guys that they're going to the big leagues. Yeah, to once uh, we had finalized those decisions with Derek and Thad and Rob and, and the group, you know, to, to make those calls, you know, you know it's, it's always, sometimes in this job you have to deliver plenty of bad news and to get to deliver some of those good news calls is, is always rewarding and everyone has a little bit of a different reaction. Some guys try to try to keep it in a little bit and, and not show their emotions. Some guys show it right off the bat, but that's one of the, the more fun days of the year and, and was really glad to, to get to do that with, with Royce and Alex, among others. Well, to get ready for uh, Big League Camp, obviously and minor league camp for that matter, you've kind of changed the way things work in the offseason. We, for many years, have had a traditional instructional league type of situation uh, where teams would play each other. You could start an inning differently. You could interrupt play to do a little a little teaching. Maybe a player like Michael Kadair back in the day would work on adding a leg kick with John Russell on the side in those hot Florida days. A little different now. And I talked with a lot of the guys who were involved in some of your skill camps and your strength camps in Fort Myers and great reviews. People were very excited about this. Explain the concept and how the presence of the Academy in Fort Myers really has allowed you guys to kind of lay out a different way of training in the offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, the Academy has been huge because it just takes off a massive hurdle in terms of laying out any proposals. And any time you want to do this, if you don't have an Academy, one of the biggest things is, okay, how are we going to house these guys? And those hotel costs add up, and obviously the Academy costs the, the Twins a lot of money, but it, you know, it's, it makes it that much easier to have it pay for itself over time. And hey, we're going we're gonna to take advantage of it throughout the offseason. So some of the changes we made in, in our fall minicamp program, uh, we we brought in position players only for skill work and some pitchers for strength camp work only. Uh, they were there for two weeks. We had a hitting camp, a defensive only camp, and a catching camp. And then strength camps were one week of, of each month throughout the off season. And then we waited to bring in our pitchers for skill work until until January. And there's been a few different uh, camps that have had staggered starts throughout the month, um, and also have another hitting program that started a couple weeks ago here. And those will flow right into into spring training and and allow those guys to kind of uh, hit the ground running as, as 2019 kicks off so many benefits to a plan like this one of which is just a hands-on instruction you have small groups so your instructors can can be teaching hands-on the way you want things done you also get to check in with folks throughout the course of the off season how's your conditioning what, what about rehabbing an injury things of that nature and get right down into the details of of specific work you want from guys Another benefit I feel like in, in talking with some of the players who came out of the camps is I got like Alex Kirilov or Trevor Larnick. They were in groups with players who maybe they haven't played with, guys who were two levels ahead or maybe guys who were behind, and that added a cohesiveness they felt uh, to what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think that was certainly a benefit and perhaps even like a positive unintended consequence. I think um, instructional league in the past has typically been guys who are at the lowest levels of the minor leagues. And uh, for the programs that we structured, we, we, we expanded that. You know, we we went up to high A and double A and, and touched on some of those guys. And, hey, it's an opportunity to try to get guys better. And we just wanted to capitalize that across the board and not put age limits or restrictions on any of that stuff. Jeremy Zoll in studio with us. The Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Now we are sneaking right up on, uh, on camp. Uh, the big leaguers first and then obviously the minor leaguers. And you'll be down there and very busy. One of the refrains I kept getting out on Caravan this year was, we gave away these players for nothing, which is easy to think when it's 40 below in Bemidji. The trades that were made last year, though, in fact, did bring a ton of players into the Twins organization, many of them very young, many with names that guys have uh, difficulty pronouncing, and guys that we may not see for a little while. But these were important parts of the organization. Those players kind of jumped right in midstream going into camp now with a chance to see some of those players for their organizational teammates to have a chance to be exposed to them for their instructors to have a chance to be exposed to them for the first time i would think that's going to be a really exciting part of the next coming month for you certainly when when you acquire guys roughly on july 31st our coordinators are only traveling for another couple weeks before they they finish off their travel schedules so they you know Pete Mack, EJP Martinez, they missed a number of the new acquisitions. If, um, and to get to either touch touch base with them in January at these mini camp programs or in spring training, you know, now we can start to really get them integrated into programs. Whereas, you know, when there's only one month left in the minor league season since it ends on Labor Day, there's not a whole lot we're going to do with, with new acquisitions in that regard. But um, to your point, guys like Yohan Duran had unbelievable um you know, Twins debuts and the six starts he had, plus some playoff outings, were were really exciting. And I think the talent that that Derek and Thad were able to acquire is is going to be some household names down the road here. A guy I'm excited to get uh, more exposure to is uh, Gilberto Celestino. He came from the Astros in the Presley deal. This guy can fly, right? Just 19 years of age. Yeah, so he is one of the best center fielders out there right now. And I, you know, sometimes that's 
it's like, okay, well, how do you know or what, what context you have? You talk to Ray Smith and Jeff Reed, who have been doing this for a really long time. Ray's seen some really good center fielders and being in the Appy League for that long. And, and they said, this guy, if he's not the best, he's one of the top three best that, that they've ever seen out there. And He's had them all from Puckett to Buxton. Exactly. So when you're getting when you're getting praise from Ray and Jeff in that regard, it catches you off guard for a moment. It's like, okay, this guy's the real deal. And as his bat continues to develop, we're, we're really excited about his future. It'll be fun to just kind of these names will become more regular now in terms of the rotation of prospects that Twins fans are, are able to discuss uh, once they get a sense, I think, of them throughout a full camp and, and beginning a full season in a Twins uniform. The other group of players you always are seeking to acquire, and this is one of the hardest parts of your job, I think, is the minor league free agents. And recently a batch of them were announced. You know, Pat Dean's back from uh, from Asia. He's going to be back in Rochester. Uh, Will and Rosario is a, a name people might know. But there's always names that we don't know that eventually we do. And obviously a guy like Astadio a year ago, nobody was talking about him during the hot stove show, and now he's all anybody wants to talk about. You got any little hidden gems you've been able to, uh, to, to gin up for us in the we'll, offseason? We'll see. You know, the minor league free agency process is is a fun one. Brad Style and I partner on it throughout the offseason. It's like buying lottery tickets too, isn't it, at a certain level? Certainly. You know, and there's, there's a lot of guys out there looking for jobs. And last year we had, um, you know, a ton of holes in AAA to fill just the way that uh, you know the system had worked out this year. We're really excited that the AAA position player group is mostly internal guys at this point. Bringing in bringing in some of the names you mentioned, Will and Rosario has, has has really gotten his body into um, you know really good shape. He's down to 215 pounds and still has the power that he had back when he was with the Rockies. And we'll see we'll see what happens um, in that regard. And Tomas Talese is another catching name we brought in for some depth that people might know at, at the big league level. So I don't know if anyone's going to quite live up to the, the folklore of La Tortuga, but, uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, as the year unfolds. Here. That will be part of your bio, like for another 30 years, the guy <laughs> who brought La Tortuga to twins territory. And also the first guy to join us in studio on the hot stove show. We appreciate your time. We're going to talk to Royce Lewis, uh, one of your guys in the minor leagues here in a little bit. All of that is still ahead on the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. Back with Royce in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. Royce Lewis, kind enough to join us on the Twins Hot Stove Show, and it's Caravan Week for you, Royce. And obviously, if you get drafted number one, you're going to have some attention. You're up here, and you've done some of those things. But now you get to just be a player, right? You've got enough seasons under your belt that you just get to come up here and kind of commune with the fans, but also with your teammates. And is it different two, three years into it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, now you're more comfortable, you know, meeting everyone and just being able to hang out and chill with the guys and and see all the you know fans that you you remember some of the fans and it's kind of cool because I remember a lot of their names. It's really cool. Last year, I think, was a pretty neat year in terms of the group you were with. It started in Cedar Rapids, and it ended the way that everybody dreams of a baseball season ending with a dog pile in Fort Myers. Uh, we talk about development all the time, and the eye is always obviously on getting to the big leagues, but. Winning's important, and I know it's important to you, and how fun and how special was it the way that final week unfolded? Yeah, no, it was, it was a very special moment for us and uh, our whole team. That was our goal. Uh, we just kind of snuck into the playoffs, and we said once we're in, like it's ours to lose. So uh, we knew we were going to win from the start, and we just had to go out there and show it and prove it, and we kind of dominated, so we, we were blessed. Down the stretch, you guys actually lost a couple of chances to clinch early. You had to win on the last day and then had to have the last-place team beat like the first place team were you guys in the clubhouse watching the score like how did you find out 
that they had lost and that you guys had a chance to get in? Yeah, so we won, and, and they were about in the seventh inning right after we won. And so we went in the clubhouse. Uh, everyone kind of took off their jerseys and stuff and went back outside and kind of getting ready to start throwing some water and some and some uh, alcohol around it on people and dumping it on coaches and stuff. And um, So, yeah, we waited, and ninth inning came around, and shot, I mean, we were just shocked and we were, we told all those players were like, hey man, we gotta we gotta give you a high five or something. Mm-hmm. Let's go hang out. Um, you know, they they just shocked the world with the, that win. Yeah, and you guys end up going on and winning the championship in the Florida State League. Now, over the course of the year, uh, it is about development in terms of working on specific stuff. Were there things you specifically set out to accomplish last year in terms of working on uh, the intricacies of the game? And how do you do you feel that that you fared in that regard? Yeah, I, I feel like I, f- I fared pretty well during the season. I just wanted to stay healthy. Ma- the main goal is stay healthy and kind of get those reps in that shortstop, especially for defense and um, hitting. I just kind of wanted to focus on doing my thing and seeing if I can, if I need to make changes here and there. Like, there's a lot of slight changes you need to make throughout the season, but uh, for the main part, just kind of sticking with my same approach, and it worked. Royce Lewis joining us, and that's always the question, right? Because nobody gets drafted if they can't hit, and they're always, well, that'll work to a point. That'll work to a point. And it's just a question of if or when that point ever comes. Have you had to change your approach at the plate much or your actual swing? Yeah, I'm, you know, and I've been going up there with a game plan of late, uh, especially now having more video and uh, stats and analysis on players and pitchers especially. Uh, it gives you a lot of help and resources and information to go up to the plate and knowing that, hey, this guy might throw a slider on 2-1 count. I might be able to sit on that that day and, and uh, look for that pitch, and if he hangs one, then hit the mistake. We talk about the guys you're surrounded by, and Alex Kirilov had a year to remember. I mean, he hit everything in sight, no matter where you were or who you were playing. You guys are very different hitters, very different types of athletes, but I have to think being together the bulk of the year elevated both of your games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, brought down some of my steals, though. I, I tell him sometimes there'd be pitches outside the zone that because he just because he can't hit it. And I'm like, hey, maybe take that one real quick so I can be in scoring position. Then you get a single. We're good. Um, I always joke around with him about it, but uh, no, he's a great hitter and definitely you know talking with him about it every once in a while here and there. Um, feeding off each other was great too, and you know batting in front of him helps because they get a little bit more fastball, so that always helps too. Off season for you was your goal to get bigger, get stronger. I think every young player probably looks to add a little weight, a little strength. And uh, how has that gone for you? Good, good, yeah, really good. I'm two of five right now, just about, and I feel like every year I've kind of gone back and gained another five pounds, uh, just about every off season to whatever I was my at my max. So last year I was about maxed out at 200. Um, this year was looking to get to 205, and I did that like really quickly in the off season too. Like I want to say the first three or four weeks. So that first month there, I gained it all back, and I'm like, shoot, now, now I feel kind of big. And I'm like, i got to see if I can get fast with it. So then we started doing agility work, and I've been able to hold that weight on and stay fast. So that, that's the key for me. Our thanks to Royce Lewis giving us a little time here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. We'll have three quick cuts with Royce Lewis in our final segment tonight. Welcome, everybody, listening across our network here in the upper Midwest when goodness knows we could use a little hot stove. Also, all of you on Facebook Live and, of course, those of you podcasting us throughout the rest of the week. And on that note, let's get to our What's Brewing contest. Also brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, where you have a chance to end up with a crate of uh, Kilber root beer on your front porch. It's uh, not a bad uh, surprise to find on a winter day to open up your door and find a uh, bunch of uh, beautiful uh, packaged uh, Kilber root beer. All you have to do is win our What's Brewing contest. And Scott Lindholm, you have done just that. Now, Scott is a longtime listener. We hear from Scott an awful lot, and Scott is our winner 
in this last week's What's Brewing contest. Our question was, what do you foresee as the Twins' starting rotation and why? And here is uh, verbatim Scott's response. Starting five, Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, Stewart, Pineda. The first three are locks for every turn through the rotation. Stewart and Pineda will get the most other starts, with Mejia and Perez also getting starts. We'll continue to see Moya open. Romero will be a utility knife pitcher. That from Scott Lindholm, and that was enough to win him a case of Killebrew Root Beer in our What's Brewing competition, and we appreciate everybody who participated last week. Now, if you didn't win, in other words, if you're not Scott Lindholm, Fear not, you've got another seven days to win in your own right. This week's question, as long as we're focused on Jeremy Zoll, our minor league director, and Royce Lewis, our guest, let's stay in the minor leagues. We talked about the folks who got the big league invites to camp, including Royce Lewis. What minor leaguer who doesn't break camp with the Twins will have the biggest impact on the club this year? Again, with me maybe speaking English and not tripping over myself, the question is, which Twins minor leaguer who doesn't make the opening day 25-man roster will have the biggest impact on the Twins 2019 season? Hashtag Twins Radio, at Twins Radio. That's how you play. Again, it's the What's Brewing competition, at Twins Radio. Use the hashtag Twins Radio. Tell us what minor leaguer who doesn't make the 25-man uh, roster to uh, go north out of camp will have the biggest impact on the summer to come in Twins territory. Stick around. Royce Lewis hoping to be that guy. We'll have three cuts next on your home for Twins baseball. Three cuts time with Royce Lewis here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Three cuts, Royce. A couple of random questions, kind of see how you fall. We know you're a superhero guy. You got the car. You, you made a little Batman car. We had the cufflinks going on yesterday. So I'll ask you this. The Spider-Verse came out. I took my daughter. She loved it. Where would you stand as a Batman purist on if there was a Batman, Spider-Verse type, multiple dimension versions of Batman situation? Yay or nay? Yay. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'd love to see that. You know, someone make a movie like that, that'd be amazing. You would be all in, so that would be good. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but let's revisit it. You live in Southern California. LeBron James is now a Laker. Kind of a big deal for you in the offseason, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just watching, being able to watch greatness is, is one of the big deals of mine, especially because, you know, if you want to achieve to be that, you got to learn how they've done it and, you know, kind of follow in their footsteps. That's like Derek Jeter for me, LeBron, Kobe. I've been able to watch those people and been blessed enough to see them play and how they go about it is really good. Yeah, not a bad way to spend the off season. Now, I also, when you were drafted, people would ask you, what do you like to do? And you'd say, oh, I go bowling, I, I hang out. Are you at a Mookie Betts level bowling level yet? No, no, I don't think I'll ever get there. I mean, maybe maybe when I'm like 50, but right now I'm, I'm still bowling like around 200, um, about 100 points lower than Mookie. So he's perfect game right now. All right, well, we got room for you as a sub on our bowling team if you need one. That's three cuts with uh, Twins prospect Royce Lewis. Royce excited about his big league invite, obviously. Almost as excited as he is about his bowling game. And Royce Lewis, a bright star uh, in the uh, Twins organization and certainly a charismatic personality. Going to be fun to watch his continued progress towards the major leagues. Want to thank Jeremy Zoll for joining us in studio for today's Hot Stove Show. Also want to thank Royce for his conversation and his time. All part of the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Now we do this every single Wednesday. Thanks to Killebrew Root Beer. Whether you join us live on Wednesdays, maybe you podcast us throughout the course of the week, wherever you get your Twins podcasts, we're pleased to have you with us and we'll be with you every step of the way until the season begins. And amazingly enough, next Wednesday's show will be the same day that pitchers and catchers report in Fort Myers 
to training camp. So spring uh, training is literally right around the corner, and we'll be with you next Wednesday to document the first day, essentially, of the 2019 campaign. Want to remind everybody again to participate between now and then in our What's Brewing competition. All you have to do is use the uh, hashtag TwinsRadio and the Twitter handle at TwinsRadio to answer the simple question, which Twins minor leaguer who does not break camp with the big league club? So which Twins prospect who does not come north on the original 25-man roster to start the season against the Tribe? Which minor leaguer who does not do that will have the biggest impact on the Minnesota Twins over the course of the totality of the 2019 season and why? Will it be our guest Royce Lewis? Will it be one of the other folks that Jeremy Zoll, the director of minor league operations, discussed as part of our show here tonight? Or will it be somebody completely off the radar that we're not even talking about as we are now one week away from the start of 2019 twin spring training again this has been the twins hot stove show brought to you by killer root beer made in minnesota how memories are created and legends are made we'll welcome a few more legends to the program a week from today also hopefully make some more memories a week from today we'll look for your participation in the what's brewing competition and uh, obviously we'll look for more great baseball conversation a week from today all across these uh, fine network of stations and also of course wherever you get your Twins podcast. For all the folks who made it possible, for Jeremy Zoll and Royce Lewis, Chris Atterbury saying so long from the hot stove as we'll head out into the cold winter night. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, and it's right here on your home for Twins Baseball.